Wouldn't it be great if we could hear God's voice? I mean, to hear an actual audible voice from God telling us what we are to do, who we are to be, and what we are to say. Let's admit that we are a bit jealous of some of our biblical ancestors, because apparently they were able to hear God's voice clear as day. Like Abraham, he heard God say, pick up your family and move, and he did. Like Moses, he heard God say in a burning bush, deliver my people, so he did too. Or like Elijah, he heard God say in a still, small voice, you're not alone, and he wasn't. I mean, wouldn't picking a job, selecting a mate, deciding on a house, even choosing what outfit to wear be a whole lot easier if you could hear God say to us audibly, you should be a computer programmer. I like that for you. Or uh, that one, the brunette with the Bible and the nice family. Marry that person. Or you don't look so good in green. Wear the red with the matching pumps. I mean, wouldn't life be a whole lot simpler? Truth is, the spiritual life is not as simple as picking up a red hotline phone to God. Instead, following Jesus is built on faith and the practices that help us stretch, grow, and mature. In that way, learning how to listen for God's voice is just as important as what we hear God say. It's that regular flexing and developing of those spiritual muscles that help us grow in our faith and live life as God intends. That's what our new worship series is all about. It's called The Art of Hearing God's Voice, and it's an exploration of how to develop the spiritual practices that allow us to listen to God and join others in the journey. Next week, we'll look at a practical acronym called SOS, that will guide you in one way to hear God. In week three, on September 25th, we'll discover how to take our decision processes one faithful step at a time, trusting in God's timing. After that, we'll discover the hard but important aspect of waiting, developing patience in our listening for God. And at the end of the series, we'll even ask the provocative question, does God speak through our dreams? which is something you may have wondered at times throughout your life. And if you haven't yet signed up to be part of a small group studying a book titled Called by Susan Robb, it's not too late to do so starting this week. You can do so by scanning the QR code and sign up to be a part of it. Its principles and stories will be a helpful companion to our worship series. Our series begins today with a collection of people who had the privilege of hearing the voice of God more often and more clearly than any other people in the Bible. These were the disciples of Jesus, who we might assume had it the easiest of all. I mean, anytime they wanted to hear God's voice, they just needed to crane their necks and perk their ears in the direction of Jesus. They lived with Jesus, ate, walked, and talked with Jesus, and certainly should have had no problem at all hearing God. That includes the very first words they ever heard Jesus say to them in today's scripture reading, follow me and I will make you fish for people. To which we would say, well, duh. I mean, if I could hear Jesus' voice with that kind of clarity, I'd do the same. But as we will discover today, the art of hearing God's voice does not just involve hearing what God says. 
but involves how we choose to hear it. And the disciples needed to learn, just like we do, that what matters first and foremost is the inward condition of our heart, our soul. The first thing we learn about hearing God's voice is that we need to get our spirit right with God. Listening to God is not a matter of opening our ears. It's about opening our hearts and our minds and our lives to God. This is true especially when it comes to the biggest matter of discernment that we face in our lives, not just the clothes we choose to wear or where we choose to live or even the person we want to be with, but when it comes to longing to hear God's voice, we are most hungry for a sense of purpose and direction and calling in our lives. We don't want to live a a shallow, hollow existence. We want to participate in something that has eternal impact. And to hear what God has to say, especially about matters like that, we need to get our innermost selves in line with God. And in the passage for today, Jesus gives the disciples and us three areas of our lives to align with God. First, repent. In verse 17, the first word uttered by Jesus is repent, or as the Common English Bible says, Change your hearts and lives. Ugh, doggone it, Jesus. Why do you have to begin with the tough part first? Well, because Jesus knew that this was the biggest hurdle to hearing the rest of what he would say. Because if we don't get this part right, then the rest of it is moot. Step one in hearing God's call is to repent, to get rid of the stuff in your life that you know full well should not be there. Look at it this way. Before we can be filled with the glorious purpose and plan that God has for each of us, we need to be emptied. Emptied of the junk that we needlessly carry from day to day, the the sins that dog us, the baggage from the past, the, the habits of the present, the harboring attitudes and actions that we might carry into the future. Before we can truly hear God's plan for us, We need to change our hearts and lives. So what is in your life that should not be there? I mean, this would become a recurring theme throughout Jesus' public ministry. Repent, change your attitudes, your behavior, your allegiances, so that then you can move to the second part, which is expand your vision. Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Before we can open our ears to what God is saying, we should open our eyes to what God is doing. In other words, if you're listening for God to tell you about your life's purpose or meaning in the world, first, take a look at the world around you. Notice its needs and sufferings. Pay attention to what God is doing to meet those needs. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God is in the world, active and engaged in it. And God is calling you to be a part of it. Almost 30 years ago, I came across this statement of guidance from author Richard Bolas that helped change the trajectory of my life and steered me toward discovering my own life's purpose. It's in his book, How to Find Your Mission in Life. And he said that your mission on earth is, quote, to exercise that talent which you particularly came to earth to use, In those places or settings which God has caused to appeal to you the most, 
and for those purposes which God most needs to have done in the world. Jesus knew that Peter, James, and John had fishing in their blood. They probably ate and drank and slept, dreaming of a catch so big that their nets and their bank accounts would burst. So Jesus was simply asking them to expand their vision, to see how their greatest talents could intersect with the world's greatest needs so that those catchers of fish could become fishers of people. That intersection of your greatest talents with the greatest needs in the world around you is the place where God is calling you because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So to hear what God is saying to you, open your eyes to what God is doing around you. And then, Jesus says, follow me. Now imagine how strange it must have seemed for Jesus to walk up to a bunch of strangers and tell them to follow him. I mean, he was a complete unknown, approaching people who were simply going about their ordinary lives, working to make an honest living and care for their families. They were simply trying to catch enough fish to make enough of a profit to provide for loved ones, to have enough to make it another day, only to repeat the process over and over again, day after day. But deep down inside, Jesus must have known that these first disciples were hungering for something more to their lives. And we do too. So Jesus says to us, follow me. In other words, don't follow anyone else or anything else as your number one priority. Put God's desires on the very top of your list. Do what is commanded of you in the Gospels, to love God and to love others. Live with the mind of Christ. Live in humility and service to one another. Don't be conformed to the priorities of the world, but be renewed and transformed into the life that God intends for you to live. Follow Jesus. Well, Matthew's gospel then tells us what happened after the disciples repented, opened their eyes to the presence of God, and chose to follow Jesus, they were then able to hear exactly what Jesus was summoning of them. They became fishers of people. Jesus channeled the disciples' passions and talents to make a profound difference in the world, an impact that endures even through us today. The disciples may have left their nets behind, but they carried with them a passion for the big catch. Friends, when Jesus calls us, he does not ask us to sacrifice our talents, our abilities, or our gifts. Rather, Jesus wants us to use all of those God-given, God-inspired passions, not for selfish reasons, but for kingdom purposes. God wants to use all of who you are to be part of something bigger than you could ever imagine. So do you want to hear God's voice and listen for life's purpose? Follow this threefold prescription. Repent. Empty yourselves of all that is not of God. Expand your vision to include the needs of those outside your comfort zone and see what God is doing throughout the world. And follow Jesus. Emulate his actions, repeat his words, absorb his attitude. Follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fish for people. Let's pray together. 
God, thank you for creating each of us in such unique and wonderful ways. We thank you for blessing us with passions and interests and perspectives and backgrounds that enable us to be contributors to your kingdom. Free us from our sins, expand our vision to the needs of the world, and renew your call for us to follow you. Bless the journey of these weeks ahead that we might hear your voice with clarity and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.